On this week's edition of Prep Rally, we'll be touching on 6A West Conference basketball, as well as take a look at the smaller schools that are in conference play and will head for regional play next week. It's the Prep Rally Podcast, the only podcast in the state dedicated to prep sports. Brought to you by the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette. Here's your host, Chip Souza. And welcome to Prep Rally this week. Uh, I am Henry Apple, joined here by Rick Fires and in Fort Smith, we have Leland Barclay. If you're wondering, where is Chip Souza? Uh, that's, I guess we, we need a little music or something like that. He's off sailing away. He's Sail going on vacation. Love that song. Yeah. yeah. Uh, something like that. You know, yeah. uh, maybe a tag in opera since he's supposed to be in the Mediterranean, something like that. But, you know, I thought about a song. But, you know, I also remember what my dad said when I tried to sing with the radio. He'd say, son. You know why they sing those songs? And I said, why? He said, so you don't have to. <laughs> yeah, Chip, uh, man, we got the uh, a competent fill-ins right here between the three of us. Uh, Chip does a great job. He's taking some time off. I think he's celebrating his anniversary instead of going to Paris, Arkansas. He may be in Europe somewhere. He may be in the Eiffel Tower or the Roman Coliseum or something. But we're going to carry on without him. And my goodness. I have to invoke this right here because I'm looking at both of y'all right there. You both got baseball shirts. I got four words for you today. Maybe it's four. Pitchers and catchers report. What do you think about that, guys? I think that's one of my favorite phrases of all time, pitchers and catchers report, along with unseasonably warm weather. And we got both of that today, don't we? Yeah, we need to find a way to bank some of this because come, you know, when high school baseball season will start, I can promise you we'll have a game where there it's threatening with sleet or something like that. It always will be cold and it and you get in there and you're just miserable and I'm like, you know, forget the nacho chips, just give me the cheese and a few peppers. You know what? We've all been doing this a long time and and you know, we cover a lot of games during the autumn. Uh, when the cold weather in football in late December and everything. I've never been so cold in my life trying to cover a spring, a spring tournament at Siloam Springs one year, about the middle of March, where it was like, there was snow flurries and they were still playing. Absolutely miserable. So we're going to get hit again. But today, Mother Nature has blessed us and we're just, uh, hey, I'm just walking on sunshine. I'm just ready to get after it. Let's go. Yeah. But first things first, we still got basketball, and Leland, yes. it's hard to believe right now. You know, it's uh, how many playing dates do we have left for 6A and 5A schools? It's like the old uh, Tootsie Roll Pop commercial. A one, a two, two a three. three. Yep. A three. <laughs> and? Yeah, it's it's winding down a week and a half. You know, it's it's funny the way that the schedules work out. You know, the small schools are in district playing for their state tournament regional berth and state tournament lives, and 6A and 5A is doing the same thing as the season winds down. And then the 6A West, especially, you know, that that extra, those extra two games, uh, boy, it, it, it seems like it made the season a lot longer. It does, and, and now uh, talking about 6A West boys basketball first, we now know as a result of last night's games, the six teams headed for the state tournament. We know who they are, but where will they be at when the state tournament rolls? Your guess is as good as mine. Uh, let me well, uh, go ahead, Leland. 
Well, in the top two spots, you know, those two are so important because it just gives you that extra uh, couple of days. And that's that's the big deal because also the way the tournament's set up, you know, fours versus fives, threes and sixes, uh, that's, a, that's a big deal for those teams too because of the teams in the central. Yeah, we go all the way down uh, uh, Fable. I had the pleasure of covering the Fable game last night in Fable. Um, you know, for the longest time, they were just kind of just moping around, just getting a man. Hey, don't ever give up on Fable. They are hot, hot, hot. Uh, they've won four in a row, seven of their last eight. And, uh, man, you just shouldn't overlook Fable during uh, postseason play. They're really coming together. You called that one two weeks ago, didn't you? I did. I called it two weeks ago, and I saw it with my with these own Irish eyes last night. I saw it. Um, so should we go to some of these games? I'll start off then with uh, uh, Bentonville West and Fayetteville. Yeah, go right ahead. Okay. Um, this is what Fayetteville does so well. I, I think I counted, and I can't add, maybe five guys hit at least between 12 and 9 points. Everybody got in on this. And they've got a little sophomore, Xavier Brown. My goodness, that kid was penetrating, penetrating, dishing off, and then he hits a key three-pointer. He takes a deep breath with 25 seconds to go, knocks down two key free throws. Uh, he's really coming on. They got everybody participating. Max Vollmer comes off the bench in the third quarter, sweeping the lane with the left-handed shot, right-handed shot. Uh, Ornette Gaines, everybody knows about Ornette Gaines, but I don't even think he he didn't even score to almost till halftime. Uh, but he came through in the third quarter. Uh, Fayetteville is really looking sharp. Uh, they play at Springdale on Friday. That's another huge game. Well, I saw Springdale also won. And um, the thing is, Bentonville was, man, I love me some Greg White. They've done, I don't know, maybe he'd be coach of the year in this conference. I don't know how all that works yet. He's done a tremendous job. But, man, uh, Tucker Anderson at 20, and maybe, I don't know if they had anybody else in double figures, but uh, that that – Team ball right there, that balance attack really helped Fable. And they're coming on. They may start up, I don't know, maybe they're in fifth place. They got a chance, fourth place. They got a chance to get up maybe second or third. I don't know. So it's really, even though we're playing for seeding, it's really interesting to see how all these guys stack up. Yeah, you know, it's a case where, you know, had Bentonville West won this game, mm-hmm. boy, they, were, they would have had, you know, they started last night with a two-game lead. Mm-hmm. The two-game cushion. Well, now that two-game cushion has now dropped to one, and that is going to set up, provided they take care of business beforehand, next week it will be West and Harbor, possibly wow. for the number one seed in the state tournament. And championship. I mean, you always don't never discount conference championship. You get a plaque or a trophy for that. And then, and then you look at that, you know, and you've already mentioned it. Now, the way things are, Springdale, 9-4. and four. Bentonville, who's now – Bentonville, a week and a half ago, was battling for the top spot. They have now dropped three in a row, and oh. now they are tied for fourth, technically, with Fayetteville and could fall even farther with another loss. Mm-hmm. So, this is getting interesting, wouldn't you say so, Leland? Well, you know, it's it's – the teams at the top, they still know what they have to do, especially these tough games on the road. 
Um, you know, the teams are having to, you know, they've, they've got to win the games at home. They've got the tough ones on the road. And the girls' you know, side is, is just as close. Northside currently a one-game lead. And they held serve at home uh, on Tuesday night against Rogers Heritage. And you guys were talking about sharing the ball. According to Harold McIlvain's story, if I can remember the numbers exactly, they had 18 assists on 25 of their baskets or assists on 18 of their 25 baskets, which is a a tremendous high percentage. So that goes back to what you guys were talking about earlier. Yeah, and and talk about Northside. They've got that one-game lead. Now, I think – if my memory serves me correctly, they will be idle Friday night. and mm-hmm. But that's going to set because Bentonville hung on and beat Springdale on a shot. Uh, Ella Campbell hit a layup with 21 seconds left to give Bentonville a 48-46 win over Springdale. So now that's going to set up uh, a possible meeting next Tuesday at Northside. And again, it could be the, for the number one seed in the conference championship. Although you've got Harbor also laying around there in the so, hey, wait a minute, we still have a say so in this possibly. Hey, now, Henry, I covered the uh, North when Northside come to Harbor, and Harbor just flat out beat them, just beat them. And then who beat Harbor like two days later? Who was that? Uh, two three days later, Harbor kind of you know, surprised me. Harbor got beat by somebody. Uh, down in the standing. So uh, that girls' conference is really good. Going back to your game story about uh, Campbell, I love the pull quote you got here in the, in the newspaper online. Uh, this is uh, Bentonville's Ella Campbell after hitting the game where it said, quote, we really didn't have a set play there. I would have been happy if any of my teammates had taken that last shot. I absolutely love that quote. That's what a ball player and a teammate's all about. Yeah, you have cases where that's also high school athletics. Yeah, that's also high school athletics too. Absolutely, yeah. Hey, you know, uh, when I come in from game and I'll st- uh, turn on an NBA game on the West Coast, clear out, let one guy t- uh, take the shot, and everybody else try to go to rebound or go back the other way. That's a good point, Leland. So, so yeah, it, it's a case where now we we've already discussed on this, you know. The state tournament, number one. I've talked to some coaches about this, and what they do not like about the state tournament is if you fall into that number two seed. Yeah. And here's why they don't like it. You don't play in the state tournament. You get a first-round bye, but you don't play until Friday. Oh, wow. You've got – technically, you could have seven <clears throat> days off. In the case of Bentonville, they have an open date on next Friday. They could be going, if they finish number two, they could go 10 days without a game. Oh, wow. And just sitting there and uh, while everybody else is playing. Yeah. So it, it's kind of a. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's just um, and you get on the road, get on the road. Everybody's playing well. And, you know, while you're just sitting there, I don't care how long you practice. Practice is not uh, like a game day. So. Yeah, I could see where that could be an issue. Yeah. And, and now I think the high school coaches, they love a routine and they love to keep their players in a routine. Hey, that's another good point. Even with football, I remember one time uh, they tried to move it back to 730 
or the coaches said, oh, we're out of our routine, we do this at this time and that time and that time. And I can't remember if they were arguing about putting it back to 7.30 or moving it back up to 7, but I remember the coaches really didn't like it because it got them out of their Friday uh, game day routine. Yeah. Uh, now let's switch gears a little bit. Leland, you were covering 5A West basketball game. We thought it was going to be, uh, you know, we saw the first game between Greenwood's girls and Salem Springs. Came down to last shot. Well, uh, the sequel did not have the same suspense as the first game. No, uh, Greenwood erased the drama pretty early in that one uh, uh, on Tuesday night. You know, and you're right, the first time um, – Siloam Springs led by seven points, 58-51 with less than three minutes to go. Greenwood had to score the last nine points of the game to win, including the game winner at the buzzer by Anna Trusty on an offensive rebound. Last night, or Tuesday night, Greenwood scored the first eight points of the game. Maddie Cartwright hit two threes. Anna Trusty drove the baseline and scored, and it's eight to nothing. It's 20 to 6, seven minutes into the game. It's 22 to 10 at the end of the first quarter. It's 33 to 16 at the half. And then the third quarter, Greenwood outscored Siloam Springs 28 to 2. Oh. And they win, and they win 70 to 18. Wow. Greenwood forced 32 turnovers and only had one themselves in the first half. I mean, it was just a um it was it was a uh, it was a dominating performance and one that like you said it was um, after that first game uh, we didn't see that coming. No, no, not at all. I I don't know what they did to to tick Greenwood's girls off, but uh, case in point, you better not do it again. Well, and you know, I I talked wow. of course talked to both coaches and and coach, you know, Bo Tillery, you know, he said that uh, you know the Greenwood Lady Bulldogs are a team that's on a mission and that they were kind of, and that his team was kind of scared in the moment, especially early when they forced those turnovers. Um, Greenwood scored uh, four, six turnovers in the first quarter, seven in the second quarter. And in the third quarter, Greenwood forced turnovers on Siloam Springs first six possessions. And then it got out of hand pretty quick. So that kind of sets Greenwood into, you know, a good position. They now have that two-game lead with three games left to play. But uh, you look at the standings, and now Salem Springs drops down, and uh, they're right there with Russellville, and those two teams will play Friday night, I do believe. Yes. In fact, uh, Coach Tillery mentioned that, uh, you know, they've got to put that one t from Tuesday night behind them in a hurry and get ready because they've got another one probably more important now coming up on Friday. Yeah. How, now, how many teams in that league advance? You only go four. 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 Oh, wow. That's what I love. To me, that's perfect for basketball. I'm the top four. Or football. Top about any four. Sport. Yep. Which is really in the boys' side going to make things extremely interesting because right now there's still six teams that are very capable of getting those top four spots. Mountain Home had kind of started slipping down a little bit, but then they picked up a big win on Tuesday night, so they're kind of back in the mix. And, uh, you know, we use we love to use this cliche, but they all hold their fate in their own hand. Well, all six of those teams do. Yeah, and, and the thing of it is, uh, of course, you were there at Greenland last night, and uh, 
some teams decided to play a little lights-out basketball. Well, uh, they did. The uh, high winds uh, caused some power outages, three of them to be exact. So um, with 238 left in the third quarter and Salem Springs leading Greenwood 34-29, to uh, it was evident that uh, it was not going to come back on very quickly. The only thing that was on was the emergency generator and some of the lights that, that come from that. So they did move that game, and it will be made up uh, on Wednesday afternoon which is another big game, especially for Salem Springs, because that's the, the conference leader right now by one game. And it's interesting, you've already mentioned it, six teams still have a shot at, you know, state tournament berths, of course, only get four. But look at the job a team like Harrison has done. You know, Harrison moves up from 4A to 5A, and that is usually a big step. It's, it's bigger mm-hmm. than a 3A to 4A or a 2A to a 3A. A lot yeah. of coaches will tell you that 4A to 5A, that is a big step. But here they are, 8-3 and three in league play, you know, and if uh, somehow Salem Springs falters, they're in a tie for first place, and I think those two teams have got to play each other still. Yeah, they do. And, and you know, you mentioned Harrison, and, and, of course, we've all covered them through the years. But, you know, they have been used to playing teams from Alma and Greenwood and Silo and Springs through the years. So I think probably mentally it was not as big of a move up, uh, as big of an elevation to Harrison as it might have been to a lot of others because these are not teams. They're, they're familiar with these teams. They've competed with them in the past, and they know that they can compete with them still. Yeah, because, you know, they play teams like Alma in football, and they play, I can't even think of the, uh, some of the, but Greenbrier, they've played them in the past, so they're mm-hmm. quite familiar with some of these schools. Yeah. So, uh, and, and like, again, we've got three games left to play in the 5A, so there could be a lot of things happen between now and then. Hey, uh, going down to, I always like to look at the Sunday uh, newspaper and the rankings and who's got uh, a team like uh, Bergman. Uh, why are they good? Like 32 and 0 now? Are they 32? Isn't one of them girls' teams? Uh, Somebody's it, undefeated. I, oh, County Line. County Line boys are still undefeated. I've they're heard 36 and 0. 36 and 0. I've heard maybe from years past, oh, my goodness, you don't want to go postseason play without a loss. What do you guys think about that? Is that a big big deal or no big deal? You know, I, I dealt with it last year when Bergman went 43-0. and Okay. And, you know, I recall James Holitzka telling me, he said, you know, he kind of wish, you know, somewhere, mm. find a game, you know, where it's not a, you know, don't do it in the state tournament because one loss in the state tournament, you're out. You know, but find maybe they could have lost a game somewhere where it wasn't going to hurt their chances too much to let them know because, man, and they're, you know, like I said, County Lines boys is probably experiencing that now. Farmington's boys are probably experiencing yes, now. One. You know, that thing starts growing. The target starts getting bigger on your back yeah. and, you know, and sort of like those teams that, you know, can't find a way to win. You know, they say they get get the monkey on their back and it grows up the King Kong. You know, sometimes 
all this winning, it starts getting on your back and the pressure starts building on you. Yeah, listeners, don't get us wrong. We don't want to say nobody wants to lose, but it's a man to be to go in there and you're you're winning 15 points and 12 points and you hadn't really come down to the last second where you had to win by last. Uh, I'll never forget years ago when I was working at the Times Record in Fort Smith. I think at Ozark Girls, um, maybe they were like 29 and 0 or real close. They hadn't lost and they come up. I think it might have been in Prairie Grove. Uh, and they got beat like in a district tournament. That's a, more or less a glorified, you know, conference tournament, something like that. And boom, they were done just like that. So um, I've always kind of covered. I yeah. covered that game. Oh, okay, yeah. They, you know, tell me about. They it. lost. They lost one game, and they were done for the season. It was at the only spot. I think it was in the first round of the regional. Okay. And and it was the only spot really during the entire season that they could have lost other than the state tournament. The only spot that they could have lost a game and been eliminated because I think in the district tournament, they got to buy the semifinals. Okay. So they could have even lost that and still, still advanced. Obviously they could have lost a couple of regular season games, conference games. It wouldn't have mattered. It was the only spot in the, in the season that they could have lost that would have ended their season other than the state tournament. And would Sarah Pfeiffer on that team, I can't. Um, no, it okay. was. Um, but they gosh, were really, really good that year. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but no, it wasn't one of those teams. Um, but you guys talk about wake up calls. And I think that's yeah. what coaches sometimes like to have maybe happen as a wake up call. Tested, yeah. And, you know, we were talking about, you know, Greenwood and Salem Springs the first game. Uh, sometimes the really good teams maybe survive those wake-up calls, and maybe it takes a last-second shot at the buzzer to win those games because you could just tell from the outs- onset, from the very beginning, uh, that Greenwood was extra focused going into that game last night. And so, again, it goes back to they got the wake-up call, but they survived theirs, and now, like uh, you know, Solomon Springs coach said, they seem to be a team on a mission. Yeah, we've been in locker rooms. I've been in them locker rooms playing or, or just as a sports writer. And I can imagine what went on. The coaches right there say, hey, remember this? Remember you guys almost assled around and got beat? You go out there and show them who – and they <clears throat> looked like they certainly did. They took care of business this time. Yeah, and, and, and we're coming into those that stretch run right now. We've hit conference tournaments in those – you know, 1A through 4A schools. And, uh, of course, I've been keeping up with or trying to keep up with uh, the ones up here, the 4A1, the 3A1, the 2A1. Now, in most instances, the the higher seeds have held serve, and but there's a couple of them. And that's the good thing about district tournaments or conference tournaments, whatever you want to call them. But I yeah. know some people call them districts. I prefer conferences because hey that's what they were in the regular season that's what they should be in the tournament but it gives a team a second chance because you you never they may have had an injury to a player you know that a significant injury that may have hurt them during the regular season but this player may have come back in time and this gives them a second chance and I said this you know the higher teams have been holding serve but in two instances I've already seen a number five seed has managed to pull off two wins already this week, 
and they're in the regional for next week. They they have punched their ticket, and that is um, in the two A one, Haas Hall Bentonville. Mm-hmm. The the Huskies managed to pull off two wins, beat the fourth seed Cotter last night. They're in. Wow. And in the one A one East, Lead Hill, who was also the number five seed. They won their first game, got to play number four seed Alpina, beat them by 15. And so now Lead Hill will be in the regional tournament for the fourth straight year. And they, uh, the coach sent me a text and he said, I, or an email that says, you know, I'm so excited about this because we're finally coming together. Hey, here's another uh, factor, Henry. Maybe it's not so much a factor now, but it used to be um, in the old, olden days that you could bring up these freshmen. You had a real uh, two or three really good freshmen. They come up to varsity, and in particular, I remember East Poinsett County, which is uh, Lepanto, and Tyronza, uh, Marcus Monk. Marcus Monk come up from the freshman team and led them maybe all the way to the state or something. Ninth, and, and back then, the ninth, I guess the ninth graders weren't eligible to play on varsity. But that, that was another factor. You get these guys who are really outstanding. Uh, you know, some of them were set down just for experience. But every once in a while, you get somebody that uh, comes up to varsity and just uh, shows out and takes over. Yeah, I, I seem to recall a few years back, you hardly ever heard about ninth graders being moved no. up in special occasions. I know, you know, back when it was the 4A West or the 5A West, they called it the Corliss Williamson rule about, oh, we're not moving ninth graders up because yes. Russellville wanted to move Corliss Williamson up. No, we don't want this. Yeah. But now, I mean, you look on several of these rosters here in the 6A West, uh, Rogers boys have two freshmen playing. Fort Smith Northside girls have freshmen on the roster, and one of them starts. So it, it's not as much, you know, a bigger thing as it used to be. Well, here's something just from last night, a game I covered, Fayetteville 59, Bentonville West. Freshman uh, Charlie Rawlins, four three-pointers, led the team with 14 points, and but she'd been outstanding all year. There was a, a perception at one time, you know, you're still in junior high, I mean, you're going up against 18-year-old seniors, but man, I see a lot of time that sometimes one, the best players out there are freshmen and sophomores. You know, girls mature a little bit, uh, Faster, probably in my case, a lot faster than the boys, and and they get after it. So I really enjoy watching these freshmen. If you're good enough to play on a varsity, get out there. Well, and Henry, you know, and I don't want to spoil anything you've got coming in this particular, you know, topic. But Patius McDaniel was pretty good as a freshman. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. She was brought up as a freshman, and hey. Uh, we, will, we won't hold a spoiler here. Go ahead and fire it off. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, Paces McDaniel has now become the all-time leading scorer for girls basketball in 6A West history. Thanks to that fourth year, she has now cl- eclipsed 1,000 points in conference play. Well, just in conference. In, yeah. Wow. That's yeah. just in conference play, which, which to put it in perspective, that kind of, to me, that's against – like opponents yeah okay it's not like you know we know how some teams you know the non-conference schedule is tougher and lighter and they play tournaments and things like that this is just in conference play she just passed uh chelsea jones the great uh south side scorer yeah. who had scored really 
um, not even well. She scored close to 900 points in her career, and uh, you know, and you look at some of the names on that list, and for her to be the all-time leading scorer in conference history, and this goes way back. This actually goes back to 1991. Um, when the when the conferences went to fourteen games, seven you know eight teams playing a double round robin. Well, I did not know. Thanks for letting me in on this. I appreciate that. That's that's really interesting. And she's a great player. Like I said, I don't know. Uh, I don't follow recruiting. I don't know if she's big enough to play. But man, she can score, get the rim, and she's just she's a great teammate. So good for her. I'm glad to know know that uh, stat right there. Yeah, it, it's a case where, like I said. It, she she benefited, you know, where probably Chelsea only had three years where Pacers benefited from an extra year, a few extra conference games. Now, we did not count, you know, back in the COVID year stage and all, when they had yeah. the conference tournament. That was not counted. No. Uh, and thing of it is, Leland and I started talking about this this week because he brought it up and I said he had some games missing, so I sent – a text to Kimberly Jenkins. I said, hey, can you come up with this for us? And as soon as she came up with the answers, I sent it to Leland and said, hey, here's what you need to complete what you, you know, get the stats and stuff like that. And the good thing is, she's still got three games to go to build on this. Hey, now Absolutely. It's it's a tremendous, uh, tremendous accomplishment. Now, I know that, you know, at this point in the season right now, it doesn't mean much to them because they've got so much more to go. But when you look at the names on that list – uh, Tara Treat from Southside, Sarah oh, Ludwig yes. from Springdale, and of course Chelsea Jones, uh, Markeisha Davis yes. was way up there on the list as well. And there's just so many others. And again, that goes back to '91 when the teams, when the conferences went to 18 teams, because Wendy Shorten still sets the standard. Yes. She scored 699 points in 30 conference games because that was when the conference had six teams, so she only had 10 conference games per year. So to score 699 points in 30 conference games, uh, that's still a that's still a mark that may never be touched as far as average per conference game. But a thousand points, uh, you know, that's that's 250 a year, basically an average to play four years. So that's that's something that uh, you know we need to enjoy it because it it doesn't happen very often. I've been out of high school 83 years, so I don't know how this works. When you're a freshman, like say at 6A school, uh, you're going to school like at one of the junior highs, say like in Springdale or Fayetteville. You go to school there at the junior high, and then somebody drives you over to senior high and you play and practice with them, or is all ninth graders now in um, in the big school with the seniors and juniors and all that. They've pretty much – I know at Bentonville they, and Bentonville West, they've pretty much moved the ninth, ninth graders. grades onto the high school okay. campus. So they're all together okay. now. And, you know, in the smaller schools, of course, basically high school and junior high, sometimes they're in the same building. So it's just, hey, you go from one time to the other. Well, when I was in junior high, it was 7th, 8th, and ninth, 7th, 8th, and ninth, And mm -hmm. then we got bused across town to the bigger school. So I, I don't know how that works anymore. Okay. So, Thanks for explaining that. But yeah, but but now we we've got this. Hey, hey, and like I said, come next week we'll wrap up the conference play here in the six A West, the five A West regional tournaments. Uh, I'll be covering the class three A region one, which will be at West Fork. Okay. And uh, 
Leland's going to go venture to Lincoln and try to do some 1A1 regional tournament. Absolutely. You know, that's going to be a big one. Um, you know, down here in the River Valley, we've got the 1A1 West District Tournament going on between County Line at, at County Line, which could be another great championship yeah. games uh, set up there. The 2A4s in Mansfield and the girl on the girls' side, Mansfield and Hector were both uh, 13 and 1. They tied for the conference championship. So that could be a third meeting because they split. Mm-hmm. So that could be a third meeting between those two teams and the 3A4s in Paris, which that was a wide open conference all year. So that one could be, uh, you know, really good too. So these, I think all three of those, the championship games are on Friday because a couple of those conferences wanted to kind of offset their championship games with the ones up north so they could scout each other for the regionals. Makes yeah. Sense. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, in the case of the one, the one where he's covered, he'll have the one, a one West against the one, a one East, which is Jasper and Kingston, that group in the two, a you've got Mansfield and Hector playing in their conference, but then you've got up here, you've got Eureka Springs and, I play Christian in that group, and then the 3A1, the 3A4. And then, you know, we'll have the 4A1. Well, they'll play down at Moralton for their conference in that practically new arena yeah. there. So Strap it in. we got wall-to-wall basketball, yeah. right? And, you know, it's always important. Those Wednesday-Thursday games in regional play are important because you've got to win that one to make sure you're in the state tournament. Otherwise, those words you don't want to hear is – Season completed. Oh, wow. That's when the tears flow. So, uh, expecting that. And then, of course, next week, Rick, uh, the absence of our good colleague, Paul oh, Boyd. Paul Boyd. You okay. know, you've got to go watch wrestling, not wrestling. Not wrestling. wrestling. <laughs> um, look, I know it's uh, it's very hectic. Uh, There's going to be a ton of wrestlers, girls and boys. So, I'll be in Little Rock a couple of days, kind of focus on that. And then I'll lean on you guys when I get back to fill me in what's all going on. And, and then we have uh, uh, 6A State up at Rogers, I guess, mm-hmm. at Rod- Rogers High School. Rogers High School. And looking forward to that. So, man, so it's a busy time for you, but it's a fun busy as well. Yeah, I've always kind of sensed it as is it's a, the fun kind of madness. You know, we're, we're fixing to hit March Madness. Yeah. It's, it's going to be crazy, but, hey, it's a fun type of crazy. Yeah, Fran, I call it frantic uh, February. So a uh, lot to uh, be decided, a lot of seedings to go. Of course, the, the tournaments are going on. So get out there and support these kids. That You won't regret it. Yeah. Anything else for you, Leland, before we pack it up and call it for a week? Well, and, you know, we're talking about basketball and wrestling. Bowling's wrapping up, and I think you're covering, uh, Henry, aren't you covering the indoor track? So track season begins Saturday. Yeah, the state indoor track, I won't, won't be covering it because I've got to do other duties and all that, but we will get the results together and compile it. But, yeah, that's just a nice little prelude to the outdoor track season, which starts February 27th, right along with baseball, softball, yep, soccer. Spring sports. It, it's all just combines into one. So, And we got swim and dive going on. Uh, I got the results from 6A, Bentonville swept, and – and then they have uh, 6A State down there at Russellville. Is that right? And it's Little Rock. In Little Rock. Oh, okay. Going on at the same time as wrestling? 
Right. Oh, my goodness. Okay. So, uh, hey, during your spare time, Rick, at the during the wrestling, your spare time? <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no. I, I, hey, I'm not smart enough to do more than one thing at once. Nowhere near that. That I got nothing else. Got nothing else. Let's, we'll Pitchers and catchers, yeah. let's go. Yeah. Uh, we'll come back here next week. We'll be starting to talk about regional tournaments, the final day of 6A West play or the final week of it, and see what – might be whole come state tournament time. We'll see what happens then. But, boy, between now and then, there's still a lot of basketball to be played. Hey, and if Chip can listen to this where he's sitting in nine hours in an uh, airport or something, Chip, if you go to Rome, bring me back. I've always wanted a real authentic Italian pizza. I don't care if it's one slice, put it in a baggie or something, bring it back, I'll put it in the microwave. I want a slice of uh, authentic Italian pizza. And, and that's going to wrap it up for this week. For yours truly, Henry Apple, Rick Fires, and Leland Barclay. Hey, we'll see you again next week. The Prep Rally Podcast is produced and directed by the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette. Find us on SoundCloud, Apple, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher.